Hello, and welcome to the Finance House podcast. My name is Polina, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke. Hey, what's up, Polina? What's been happening this week? Coffee, the most popular beverage in the world, with more than 400 billion cups consumed each year. Fun fact, more than 450 million cups of coffee are consumed in the United States every single day. You might have noticed that the prices have been increased, and it has happened due to the circumstances created by the coronavirus. Leading coffee roasters have been dealt a blow as a strict lockdown in Vietnam, the world's second biggest grower, has led to higher bean prices on the back of worries about export supplies. Vietnam is the leading exporter of robusta coffee, the bitter-tasting bean used for instant coffee as well as for some espresso blends. The sharp rise in COVID-19 infections and a shortage of vaccines have caused the government to impose travel curbs in producing areas. The Robusta Futures benchmark hit a four-year high of $2,043 a ton on Friday, up by almost 50% since the start of the year. The rise follows Arabica's jump to seven-year highs in July after a seasonal frost in Brazil hit trees already weakened by drought. Some companies, such as Starbucks, have long-term hedging contracts and will not feel the effects of the higher prices in the international commodity markets. At the end of July, Starbucks said it had locked in its coffee price for its business year to September 2021 as well as the following financial year. However, other companies, including JM Smucker, have raised their retail prices in order to shore up margins squeezed by higher coffee costs. Germany's Chibo, a leading roaster and retailer, and Japan's UCC Coffee have been forced to announce retail price increases. Coffee experts are now focused on Brazil. The rainy season is expected to start in early September, which will be crucial for the coffee trees that survived the drought and the frost of the past year. Rains will be incredibly important in order to wake up dormant trees and stimulate flowerings, replenish soil moisture and reinitiate growth of foliage for trees that lost leaves due to the frost, said Ilya Bizov at coffee trader Sukafina. I want to start this week with a question. What matters most, price or quality? The ETF providers market has recently been in a fair price war that is not fees for passive products. And the follow-on effect is on the actively managed funds. A study that has been carried out by Morningstar has investigated the average expense ratios, which is made up of management fees and the continuing ongoing costs of owning a fund. The ratio is halved in the two most recent decades from 0.93% of total amount invested in all funds in 2000 to 0.41% in 2020. The savings figure for this type of change is a huge $6.3 billion in fund expenses. The price war has directly been in the passive fund space, but pressure is mounting for actively managed funds to follow suit. The difference is that the active fund has much further to fall. Clients have been focused on costs, and from an investor's perspective, there's a lot to be excited about. What they should look out for is how costs are marketed. For example, it's likely that there will be a transition to an advisory model that is fee-based and away from the fees bundled into the cost of the fund. And Vanguard currently provides the cheapest fund cost with an asset-weighted expense ratio of 0.09%. And close to this is BlackRock, who own iShares ETFs of 0.25%. I think it's going to be an interesting space to watch and specifically how fund providers market and restructure their fees will be an area investors need to watch out for.
As this episode is the 10th episode of our podcast, we thought we'd recall a certain organisation we have previously reviewed and follow up on where they are now. In the first episode of our podcast, I talked about the stock of Richard Branson's tourism company Virgin Galactic Holdings. Its shares increased due to the fact that the Federal Aviation Administration approved the company for passenger space flights. And I was interested in what happened to the stock almost two months after such a big gain. Well, Virgin Galactic shares came under pressure falling to just over $25 per share. They generated a great deal of hype in early July, around the time of the fully crewed space mission. During that phase, Virgin Galactic shares were trading in the mid to high $50 range, but the excitement didn't last and shares have since been roughly halved. For the next couple of months, Virgin Galactic will be focused on maintenance, which is less exciting for Wall Street. As a result, a string of analyst downgrades has hit the stock, which hasn't helped the sentiment around the shares. Morgan Stanley lowered its rating from equal weight to underweight, citing an expected pullback in the stock as the excitement from the historic mission begins to fade. Once Virgin Galactic ramps up for its next space mission, Wall Street firms could flip from sour to positive on the stock. Virgin Galactic has ambitious plans for frequent space flights that could generate billions of dollars in revenue each year depending on the number of spaceports the company builds. If they pull it off, it could help the long-term performance of the stock. Look, on to you now. What do you have for us today? I want to take a look at IAG again. Right back from episode one, IAG, or International Consolidated Airlines Group, are the parent company of British Airways, Iberia, and Vuli. I thought surely as COVID restrictions are eased and air travel is allowed to go to more destinations, airline stocks should be starting their recovery. But this isn't the case. From the last time we spoke about IAG at the end of June, their stock has actually fallen further by another 6% parent group of British Airways has had it hard, and it may be because of some strategic decisions. BA plans to diversify their offering by providing a budget airline to tackle competitors like Ryanair and EasyJet, and perhaps investors aren't fully behind the move. I personally believe that investors are worried about union retaliation if BA put workers on less generous contracts, which may be essential to reduce their costs. And this is why they are worried that the project will not generate returns that management expect. That's the news. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.